0: I'm your host, Dr. Eve, and I'd like to welcome you to the First Gen Lounge. Hello, my dear. So glad that you are here. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Goodness, I just, I look forward to this moment every week. I love being able to sit down with you and just share and reflect and talk all things, life and entrepreneurship, and to grow and to learn like this is what's up, like all the warm and fuzzies. I got them right here. So as we spend time talking about entrepreneurship, something that I strive to do is be balanced with you. And I know I hype you up like, yeah, go out there and get it. Yeah, go ahead and, you know, get that business. Like do start that thing. But it's really important to, again, uplift you, give you love and light, hype you up, right? But give you the real, the behind the scenes. So with that, in my own reflection, I've been really thinking about things I really wish I would have taken more seriously or would have thought more about like so many years ago when I got started. And while this list or these things that I'm going to share isn't all exhaustive, right? I think it will give you a good sense of things to consider as you're navigating your own journey because it is truly a journey. And I think one of the biggest things for me at this point is understanding that while it is a journey, it's your journey. You can go however fast you want, you can go however slow you want, but it's totally yours. And can't nobody else tell you what to do with you. <laughs> so like, really, that's what it is. One thing that I really, really wish I would have done differently, would have thought differently about is my own thoughts about myself. So I wish I would not have doubted myself so much in the beginning. I took the route of... I'm going to work for somebody else, work in higher education, work for another company because I had it in my head that I hated sales and I didn't want to sell because people would sell to me will be annoying or like slimy or like, you know, just uh, like, leave me alone. Like, don't bother me. If I don't want it, I don't want it. And I didn't want to be that kind of person, which, you know, I'm not. And even for you who feels awkward about selling, sometimes you don't have to be. But really, I doubted myself of my ability to be successful in selling and even me choosing to start off as a speaker. I mean, I'm still a speaker, but thinking about motivational speaking, it was so different in my head because it was like, oh, well, I don't have to sell. You know, I just go in and speak Uh, lies. I told myself (laughs) because you do you have to sell this program to individuals. You have to convince them that you're the right person to come in and to deliver on it. And for me, I thought because it wasn't a product or a service like you know massages or insurance and stuff like all little things that I have found my way around it. Again, lies I told myself. So because I doubted myself and my ability to sell, I strayed away from doing things that felt salesy, including marketing, and really hurt myself in doing that. As well as doubting myself and thinking you know if I was enough or if I could charge the prices that I wanted to charge and make the money that I wanted to make i just didn't feel like i could be a millionaire when i first started but again when i first started it was a i'm just going to try the speaking thing and having a speaking business is really a thing but depending on who you ask right people don't look at speakers sometimes actually a lot of times i think entrepreneurs they think speakers like that's something different i mean it is in terms of business structure but definitely in terms of having to sell oneself one services, you know, one's programs, workshops, whatever it is, it's very much a business and it's very much so a um a challenging business. But what business isn't challenging? Everything has its challenges. But I think that if I wouldn't have doubted myself, if I would have been more confident in the beginning, I would have shown up on the scene stronger and more excited about what I was getting myself into, and I wouldn't have played it quote unquote safe and really pushing more to do things for free 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 only because having that confidence that ability or understanding my own abilities rather i would have definitely done things different in terms of just saying hey you know here's my fee out the door i could choose to lower my fee for certain things knowing i was just getting started or you know raise it and do whatever i wanted to but really Think about how you feel about yourself and truly going into entrepreneurship and getting past your own limiting beliefs about what you can do and how you can be, because it's going to make a difference. And for me, I really helped myself back for a few years. And one day the light bulb came on. I was like, you know what? It is what it is. Like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to have to do this. And I'm going to have to believe wholeheartedly in everything I'm doing, even if that's me selling myself. It's okay that I'm not for everybody. When you work for other people and you get a paycheck, you can ask for a program or propose to do something and get a note, but that don't change your money. Whereas, you know, depending on the kind of business that you have, and actually all businesses, to be honest, anytime somebody rejects a product or service because they don't want it, that does affect the money. That affects the bottom line. And when it's associated with your well-being, your livelihood, it hit different. (laughs) It really does hit different. But at the same time, when you get those yeses, those yeses are resounding yeses. And you're just like, yo, you know, it's, it's definitely motivating and encouraging. So again, get past the doubt of yourself. Have the confidence off the bat. And find you somebody that's gonna hype you up and hype yourself up every day and just know whatever you're delivering and putting out there, you are already worth it and that you don't have to settle. So I'll say that as well. And if it's new, if entrepreneurship is scary for you and you've avoided it because of the things that even I've just mentioned, you can be yourself and still sell and still be successful. You just have to figure out what works for you. But that's for another day. Something else that I could have done differently in the beginning was... (laughs) Not listen to the right, wrong people. (laughs) The right, wrong people. What you mean by that? The right, wrong people. There may be people who are doing things that you want to do and you may find that you want to connect with them and learn from them. But those may not be the best people to learn from because your situation is so uniquely yours. And if they aren't coaches with the mind to help you and wanting to see you soar, sometimes the information or feedback or things they can give you may not be helpful at all. So, for example, there were a few people who I knew that, you know, were speakers and I may have reached out just feeling comfortable and asking them about things that I wanted to know about. And sometimes it would be very short in the answers that they would give me. Now, granted, I had vetted them because I had learned from before, you know, like just knowing that they didn't have programs and thinking that we have that kind of relationship that we exchange information is good. But sometimes information would be one, really vague or two, they wouldn't have answers. Or sometimes, you know, hindsight, I think about some of the things that may have been shared with me was from some people. And it's almost feeling like they shared enough with me for me to not do better than them. And it's kind of like, damn, you just said that? I just said that. Ain't no love lost, you know? And I don't even think that we are on bad terms or anything like that. Like, that's not my thought. But some people, they have this, I did it and I get it. So you get it. And what I'm gonna teach you is just enough for you to, you know, feel like I done gave you something, but not really. And I found that was happening with folks and that also deterred me from wanting to keep going forward. So in the spirit of listening to the right, wrong people, the right, right people would have been a coach somebody who was genuinely interested in seeing me thrive, but also understanding they were investing in me because I was also investing in them. And I do find I'm a a big, strong advocate of it these days, if you haven't realized by now, that you should be investing. Investing in coaching, investing in education, um, investing in growing as an entrepreneur. You gotta do that. But hindsight, I don't regret how I reached out and what I did to learn because it's also helped shape me And thinking about the kind of person that I've wanted to be in terms of helping others, but also allowing me to be real with others. Like, yo, I may give you a lot in talking to you in one conversation and that's me being helpful. But at some point I am going to have to set the boundary. Right. And say, well, I do have a program for this and I'm willing to help you. And it's not about pay me, pay me, pay me. But it is the investment and the coaching, because what I'm going to teach you and help you with, you're going to go take and monetize. And so in this is business. It's nothing personal. And a lot of things aren't personal. So even now, I guess that's what I said, it's no bad blood, no love loss. If these people are making money from their skill sets and doing things that are changing the game and it's their way of eating I can understand that they got to protect that because it can be real cutthroat out here. But even again, in listening, I had a few instances where people, you know, with whom I may have been talking to may have mentioned, you know, as examples, other people who were doing things and their criticism of those people's work made me feel like I couldn't come into this atmosphere as a speaker, as an entrepreneur and think that I could charge this amount or do this thing or act this way like i needed to know my place and listening to some of that feedback really did well not even feedback or just to myself but just listening to some of the commentary really did make me think that i needed to play smaller in the beginning and that i need to do something different because i hadn't proved myself that i wouldn't where i needed to be to be more validated or more i would cred that's right that i didn't have the credibility to be able to show up in certain spaces and do a certain thing a certain way. But now that I know what I know, that's a big mistake. So from the beginning, my thought to you was to show up the way you wanna show up, show up strong, show up solid. And even if from the beginning, you're going into entrepreneurship because you know that you have something to offer and that there is worth. And you can choose to start at a certain place with your rates and move up, you know, accordingly or move down, whatever you choose to do. But don't start off being intimidated or thinking that just because you're new to the game that you should be doing less. Because something I know too is that people will look at a lot of times your rates and your pricing for your products and your services and they will determine if or not it's good. Because, you know, if it's too cheap, it ain't no good. And that's just sorry. our psychology of sales. And a part of that is when people look at your stuff, when it is cheap they think that it's raggedy (laughs) so don't be raggedy out here in these streets but i would also say you got to find what works for you based off of the people who you are serving um and going back to that target right free game all right free game because again when you think about who you're serving what may be cheap to one group may not be to another and how one group may perceive you know a thousand dollars for something another group may look at and that thousand dollars may be five thousand for them and they look at that five thousand like they're looking at that one thousand and then somebody may look at five thousand and be like oh okay well you know ten thousand is like looking like you know like looking at five thousand you catch my drift there? I hope you got that right you got that okay yeah so like there's always somebody who's going to be looking at pricing that may be one thing another may think that's nothing but that really depends on who you're reaching out to so again you really want to think about who you're serving and how to price yourself so that you don't feel intimidated when you're coming into the game and you are going out here trying to say this is what I'm worth this is my expertise I'm standing by it and hey it's all good um the next thing i would say (laughs) and this is so funny because again listen to the right wrong people listen to all the gurus and experts and everybody who's saying everything about what you should do i was that person but um i was trying to serve everybody men women boys girls black white everybody and my thing was especially being a speaker that i needed to serve everybody in order for me to make it but as the market has changed And again, speaking specifically from being a speaker, but even as an entrepreneur, period, you have to be mindful of your market, right? So in the market I'm in, people no longer just really want a general speaker. They want people who are specialized in a certain thing. So if you ask me what that is for me, my specialty is empowerment, and my focus is on first-generation college students and graduates, right? And so with that, when people are looking for speakers, don't call me for leadership. <laughs> you know, like, Well, you can, you know, that's cool. But like you want to call somebody who is was expert in that and expert, I made a word up, cool. But that's really what their lane is. And they can come in and give you the absolute best. That's just like going to any service salon, let's say like a nail spa and they do massages, they do nails, they do eyebrows, they do eyelashes. And then all of a sudden you see that they're doing sewing and hemming and you like what? what is that you know uh so that's kind of what it's like you know you want somebody who's specializing a spa is a spa but a spa that's also going to hem your pants may be a little bit like this is weird so and thinking about your business and who you're serving and serving everybody you also can't get the kind of clarity you want about who you're serving and how you're going to serve them if you don't hone in, if you don't hone in. So you really gotta hone in. So when I started thinking more specifically about first gens and college students and learning their experiences and thinking about the research and just really tuning into what was happening, you know, in higher ed, what direction was it heading? I knew that I was going to be ahead of the game with some of the things I was offering but I will also be ready when programs started to sprout up and we're looking for speakers who emphasize first-gen things even outside of the trio programs right but I also was accepting of it was going to be a challenge for me and having to wait you know for things to like take off in a way that would make sense but I'm okay with that I was okay with that but when I was trying to serve everybody I was talking about anything and everything and nothing at all. And so people weren't able to really get a hold of what my message was or who I was after, what I was doing. So I'm feeling sure now that I missed opportunities because of that. But you can serve women, right? You can serve different demographics. You can serve stay-at-home moms, stay-at-home moms in New York, podcasters, whatever, but you have to be niche. And even within my niche, I'm still niched. Because for my program, DW Trailblazer Society, working with entrepreneurs, Me working with nonprofits and corporations or people who want to start those, I'm not a good fit. And I had to be okay with that, right? So if I'm trying to serve everybody, I'm not able to craft my program to be most impactful for those who are coming in. So I work with authors, speakers, consultants, podcasters, people who want to be in those lanes because I can help them best there. So yeah, so don't try to serve everybody. What does it say? Jack of all trades, massive none. That's exactly what ended up happening. And you don't want to feel burnt out. And just also know, just like anything else, you can always navigate, right? And by navigate, switch and change and shift as necessary within your business and tweak things to make it better to improve it. But everybody is nobody. So, you know, just be mindful of that. The other thing, and I've said this at length, that really (laughs) oh boy listen again you just gotta looking at these speakers right and it's so easy to look at a speaker and think that the speaker does everything and so I was thinking I could do everything by myself like I'm gonna do it all do all the contracts do all the payments do all the marketing do all every mm -mm 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 -mm. that don't work that'll burn you out because while you're trying to do outreach and keep up with emails and while you're trying to do marketing and promotions and social media and craft workshops and courses and write books you get burnt out real quick And so for me, I realized I needed help because the time I was also spending trying to do things that I wasn't good at, I was wasting and losing time, and losing time and energy, not focused, not making progress, losing money, right? And again, I say that, no, it's not all about the money, but a business needs money to run, that's just what it is. And I had a fear that if I spent money, then I wouldn't be able to make money, but the truth is, Depending on the investment, when the investment is right, and yes, there are a lot of risk and investments, but when you make the right investments, you will actually make more money in your business. So my advice to you, I'll give you the free game today, free game today, is if you hired anybody to do anything, get yourself an assistant first, even if that's only working three to five hours a week, helping you do small tasks like emails, like taking phone calls, like arranging meetings. It means a lot, especially when you're transitioning. I mean, you're doing it like as a side hustle, whatever your business may be. It will help you be able to do the things and keep abreast of stuff that's happening even when you can't. Because for me, email communication is very important. Communication across the board is very important. Being able to follow up, to send contracts, to send proposals, to do all the things. If I spend five hours doing that, When do you have the time to spend on your social media or your email marketing or your next campaign or how you wanna build it right in your book? And again, start pulling your hair out. And my hair ain't but maybe a couple centimeters. (laughs) So imagine me trying to pull my hair out, it's too much. But also I know that I don't know everything. I've said this to you in sessions before. And because I accept that I don't know everything, I can learn a lot of things, but I need to stay in my lane and do what I'm really good at doing and be okay with that. And so with that, by not doing things on my own, being able to invest in important to into other people who have these skills and abilities that I don't have and let them, them work in their craft to further help me because it ends up being a very mutual exchange. So that is an assistant, um, a social media manager, somebody to do your lead generation for you, somebody to help keep your books and do your accounting. These things do matter and I'm good with it. So. Knowing now what I know then, I would have made a whole lot of different investments before in other people and other services. So I'll say that too. And one more thing that I'll share today that I really wish I would have done different in the beginning is like, own oh, my identity. But identity is ever changing, ever evolving, right? And when I say, own oh, my identity, <laughs> I, you know, just being real vulnerable right now had this thing in the beginning where i wanted to be able to cross over and by crossover like you know i don't know why i think about beyonce but thinking about beyonce i wanted to be able to appeal to a number of people and i used to kind of like i like this kind of music though i want to put this kind of track you know on the podcast i want to you know bring this kind of vibe and bring this kind of energy and have my hair this way and dress that way i wanted to be myself but i also wanted to be embraced and accepted as myself right And I tell you, honestly, when I started this journey, for me, it was never about DEI perspective. It was never about DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. It was about finding an identity that didn't have to focus on race or gender or social class, right? Oh, first gen. But the truth is that when we say first gen, a lot of that does end up being race, gender, social class, so many intersections that... I've naturally gravitated to the work, but I also am more accepting of it because I'm no longer rejecting myself either. And me being a black woman who should be present and be an example for other black women to go out there and win. And I'm not limited to black people because I've had people ask me before, you know, is your platform just for black people? I'm like, no, and I never started with that intention that it would be. But it's also who is attracted to the work and who's gravitating toward me, who wants to collaborate, who wants to partner. So even if when my thoughts were to be able to cross over, not owning my identity was pushing me to not really embrace more of who I was, but also do more things that were needed and necessary for people of color and so at this point i'm still a very open very you know i want to work with everybody thing but i'm also more intentional and excited about working for people who come from historically marginalized disadvantaged backgrounds and i'm okay with owning that because i am a black woman i can't wash my color off i can't just wake up and say you know i'm just not gonna be black today i don't feel like it i mean maybe i could (laughs) but you know i i just don't see that happening for me but for what it's worth though you know when i think about just how i've evolved and who i've become i was like again just kind of rejecting my blackness because i wanted to have an appeal to feel like if i could appeal to a broader audience that i would be more successful and that was really effed up with me but i didn't know that then it was only because and i say being effed up because at the end of the day me not being more uh of my own identity was me saying that people weren't going to show up for me especially people of color and they weren't going to go hold me down but as well as that my definition of success that I negatively felt about being a black woman thinking that you know black women or just black people and how black businesses go and you know I'm being sensitive about being professional having a you know professional brand um you know have a good customer service so I wanted to ensure that I beat those stereotypes just to be very candid with you but I realize now that The only way to have beat those stereotypes in which I have constantly been working towards, especially in the past few years, is by being my black ass self and being okay with being a black woman, a strong black woman who does have an appeal for a black audience. And again, to think and to say that black people don't show up, that they don't support, that they're not collaborating. I had to learn differently and I had to dismantle what society was telling me about us and serve in the way that i needed to serve and serve the people who want to be helped by me i'm gonna say that too so yeah just a few things you know doubting myself listening to the right wrong people trying to serve everybody thinking i can do everything on my own not owning my identity are things that i looked at and thinking about you know how far i've come and where i am now that i would have approached and thought about differently but also somebody who never planned being an entrepreneur who now is, it's okay to go back and to reflect and to be honest about the things that I've gone through and to share those things, those lessons, you know, with those who are going to be on this path as well, especially when we are first generation and maybe we don't have the same resources to connect and talk to our people or just like our family, right? About business things like there were entrepreneurs in my family but they didn't do entrepreneurship the way that I'm doing it. Nobody's a speaker, so I couldn't consult them and be like, hey, I'm trying to do this, what should I do here? Although they did have a lot of wisdom to share with me about some of the heartaches and challenges and the frustrations of having a business and things to think about. So I don't want to take away from that, but do want to be honest with myself about just again, it's a first gen thing, but it's also like a financial thing. It's a funding thing. Like some things that some of my family members didn't have to do or didn't do um, to start their businesses that I found that again, I can just do it by myself, you know, just a little side hustle, but I'm like, nah, I'm building an empire. And what does that look like? So with those things in mind, just want to say thank you, thank you again for being here. I really hope that you have taken from this and from the other things that I'm continuing to share with you about entrepreneurship and, and all that is that will be. And just continue to know that you got the juice. You are the juice. So whatever you feel like you need to make it, do that, be that, go for that and know that everything is going to absolutely work itself out for you. The only way that you fail is if you just totally give up because a failure isn't a failure. If you continue to go forward, a failure is a failure when you just stop and let it go. But if you pivot, if you switch, but don't quit, you good. That's what I think. That's what I say. But all right. Continue to love yourself continue to be inspired, empowered and uplifted in all the things that you do. I want to encourage you to go check out the Evangeline Worldwide shop, go see what's going on there, as well as stay tuned, stay connected with what we're doing through the newsletter. So go and join the Evangeline Worldwide family so that you can stay up to date with all the events that are happening, exclusive offers, just anything and everything that's coming up even with the memberships that you can be a part of it because I don't want you missing out but also because you know you can say I didn't know what was going on you don't know what's going on because you're not showing up and you know hey I'm gonna show up and do my part I can only hope that you're gonna do yours boo-boo all right but until the next time like I say just be good to yourself know that I'm supporting you I'm cheering for you and that I love you all right peace